Hello everyone, welcome along to episode number 44 of the Brewdog News Podcast, your source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. I'm Robert Cooper and tonight we have a special episode for you. You're not going to get any of the usual waffle, what you are going to get instead is an interesting, and I stress interesting, chat on sustainability. And before some of you go, ah, oh, sounds boring, it's not. Trust me, there's some very cool tech, there's some incredibly ambitious projects going on here, uh, and Martin Dickey is on. Uh, we very kindly got permission to reproduce some of the podcasts that he was on, um, so you're going to hear from Martin himself, which is a little bit unusual on this podcast. Anyway, um, I'm going to hand over to me and Tasmin. I'll be back in the middle to tell you about our competition that we've got going on. And then you're going to hear from Martin Dickey on his interview on another podcast. So that's the plan. I'll shut up. And here's me and Tamsin. Right. There was no chance of us having uh, this podcast where we're going to be talking about sustainability and uh, environmental things without having our expert on our, our, our show's own expert. There you go. I'll get my words out. Tamsin, of course. How are you? Good, thank you. How Ex- about you? I'm fine. Um, our audio listeners won't know that you're actually in a forest right now, making yeah. full use. Where I'm isolating. Yeah. Uh, excellent. <laughs> do you and uh, do you have a beer on the go this evening, or is it a, a nice soft drink? It, it's a soft drink, but I've uh, got some from Hop Drop. I'm going to have later, mm. fresh today. Yes, I did. I actually saw that earlier. So. You're our hop drop, um, or soon to be brew dog now, or now yes. brew dog, or something. You're our expert on on hop drop because you keep getting deliveries, and then in our little podcast chat, you keep posting videos and uh, sorry pictures, and we all keep going. <laughs> God, <laughs> wings yeah, Wednesday lucky. as well, and ugh. it was wings Wednesday today. The kids are now uh, getting too used to it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, we're not. You're not here to talk about kids no. or to talk about Wings no. Wednesday or Hop Drop. Uh, you're here to talk about uh, something way more important. Uh, at the AGM, uh, probably the biggest announcement that James made, I think, uh, was the fact that they are making a real effort towards sustainability. Um, and I have to be very honest with you that it's it's an area that. I do my little thing, you know, my recycling, and uh, I'm all for it. But I think I'm probably like much of the audience uh, listening to this or watching this going, I don't, you know, it's not something that crosses my path every day. But for Mm -hmm. you, it's a bit different. So probably the best place to start is to talk about what you actually do for a living. Yeah, so I'm a chartered environmentalist. And um, I have been 15 years in the water industry and I'm currently running the wastewater innovation program for a national water company. So this is my everyday yeah. <laughs> looking looking at innovation and trying to kind of be sustainable in everything we do. I'm with you. Okay. So um, I'm quite sure then there was a few things when James talked about them on the uh, on the AGM that made you go, "Oh, really?" And some <laughs> that made you go, "Oh, really?" So, yeah, um, yeah. I I thought that maybe a nice way to approach this was to go through things in the order that they mm-hmm. did um, during the presentation. Um, so they talked about the tomorrow charter. We we've we've spoken about that yeah. before. We haven't really spoken much with you about it. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, the tomorrow charter is them 
planting a flag in the sand and saying we really want to to make sure there's a, a like they use their tagline a planet here for us to brew on um yeah and not to be um making the problem worse um but interestingly um they said that well it was actually martin who said it they want to be the most sustainable brewer on the planet mm-hmm. which seems very ambitious uh considering how many breweries are around the world um, without getting into too much detail just now, is that even possible? It is possible. So the idea of sustainability is we have a finite amount of resources. So we've got one planet and we should use our proportion of resources on it. So um, it, they could they could definitely be the most sustainable brewery uh, in, in the world. Whether they can be the most sustainable company is another question just because of the products that they make. Okay, that makes sense. So um, it is possible then, but it's it's going to be a long road for them. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, the other thing that Martin talked about was some of the things they've been doing recently. So uh, returnable bottles, uh, although yeah. I haven't really seen that in play very much. Have you? No, well, they were going to uh, start it off but then uh, COVID-19 happened, okay. so it's actually been paused. But um, it, in essence, it's a really good idea. And I used to live in Germany, and that's something that they do all the time. You buy a beer from the bottle shop, you take all your empties back, yeah. and they re- recycle them and clean up. Well, they send them off to be recycled and cleaned and refilled. Whereas in this country, we've now started leaning much more on the um, cans and then getting the mm-hmm. cans recycled. And is there, um, would I be right in thinking that the glass option is actually the better option? Glass is better if you're just using it locally. Right. Because then you're not having the heavy transport costs. So glass is better for the environment as long as you don't have to ship it very far. Okay. And But um, just to bring up, so before I talked about the Scottish Deposit Return Scheme, so that's now uh, going to go live July 2022. Ah, they pushed it back as well, have they? Yeah. They have pushed it back, and BrewDog will be subject to this. So I'm wondering if the returnable bottles is feeding into that whole scheme. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, veggie and vegan. Uh, obviously, you know, BrewDog are very and rightly to be proud of what they do for the veggie and vegan. I mean, they've got veggie-only um, bars when they're open. They've got... Um, mm-hmm. A brilliant menu options for veggies and vegans um so but is that is that as simple as like if you're a vegetarian <laughs> you you cut down on herds of farting cattle oh, is that where we're at no it's never that simple ah. so uh the problem so things like soya and almonds that um vegans and and vegetarians eat a lot of are actually pretty bad for the planet in terms of water use Ah. I'm not saying they're not as bad as as raising cattle, but it's not as simple that that's the angelic choice. So you've got to weigh all these things up. Okay. Um, Cans for equity, we've spoken about that heaps. That's all on hold at the moment. Uh, And plastic removed from all packaging. Mm -hmm. Now, um, way before you were involved in the podcast, we we followed the whole story of how it started off with the um, hedgehog strangling uh, plastic ring pulls, and then it went on to the to the ones that they got from America, and then they tried in certain boxes and things. And in the end, uh, the message has now changed to be well. You see, it's quite interesting because it was originally 
plastic in terms of carrying four beers was originally said by them to be more um, environmentally friendly and use less resources than the plastic and this, the making the boxes and the printing them. Mm-hmm. But now they're saying that pl- they're proudly saying the plastic's been removed from all our packaging. So, what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, no, I think it's great that they've taken away the plastic. But I do think sometimes, do we need all this cardboard? Um, because although it can be recycled, it really much depends on your local authority and how good their recycling is. So, I think we can go even further get rid of all packaging yeah paper plastic whatever <laughs> yeah um does obviously leave a slight problem of how they actually get the box get the beer <laughs> from them to you um yeah short, short of hand delivering it on their arms but yeah i mean i know these are all problems that have got to be solved so um i mean that's the sort of stuff they say they've been doing just now um what would you say marks out of 10 for how BrewDog are doing things as of right now? <laughs> as a whole, or, or in terms of environmentally, um, there are definitely um, three to four. Um, there are definitely, I would say, so the thing about um, sustainability, it's a journey. It's not uh, you start here and you end here. You're always improving there's always better things you can be doing. And it definitely is a journey. And I think they're at the very start of the journey on the learning curve. So it's looking at all the the things that they can do. And that journey is about narrowing it down to what are the best options. I'm with you. You can't do everything. Yeah. And I would imagine that anyone who's really into this stuff, as are you, find it very easy to pick holes at the moment because they are at the start of the learning curve. Exactly. And it's all like exciting. It's like a toy box. It's like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. But to make a business truly sustainable, it's it's that circular economy you might have heard people go on yep. about. So it's not just about reusing everything. It's about what's it economically viable to reuse, because that's the only way it's going to be sustainable. There's got to be a market. It's got to be value for money. It's got to be all of these things. Yeah. So, so far what I'm hearing is nothing at all in this is black and white <laughs> at all. Oh, no, absolutely it's, it's always not. right. Okay, well, um, let's have a chat then about the bits that they did talk about here. I know, mm-hmm. I know you've got quite a lot of thoughts on these. So, um, I'm, yeah. I, as I said right at the start of this, I'm quite ignorant to this. I mean, you were telling me just before we started recording that sustainability and being green, in inverted commas, are not actually the same thing at all, which I didn't really know about, so... <laughs> Um, I'm sure we'll cover that, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, B Corp. Um, James has yeah. been on about this B Corp heaps. Uh, we've spoke about it on the podcast. Um, still not 100% in my head, as I'm sure the listeners aren't, on what a B Corp is, what it's all about, yeah. and why James is super excited about this. So, fill it in. Yeah, so B Corp is a certification that measures a company's entire social, environmental, uh, uh, worker performance so it's kind of all-encompassing it's got five key categories governance workers customers community and environment and it really looks deeply at things like energy production waste production water efficiency communication transparency might make people laugh a little bit those two when yeah. it comes to brew dogs sometimes um 
and then what happens is uh, you get scored in all these areas and um, you have to get a really high score to be certified. And I think uh, James is probably really into it because it is the creme de la creme of companies. So if you think about Body Shop, that's going to come straight to your mind how, how great they are in everything they do with recycling, with the environment, with community. They're a B Corp. So that's the kind of level we're talking about. Okay. Um, that's cool. And one company that James keeps mentioning, well, he keeps mentioning, he goes like Patagonia. And I'm thinking, what, the country? The country, yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, uh, obviously not being a massively outdoors type other than dog walking. Uh, I wasn't quite aware, but, but you know, Patagonia, they're the fashion or, well, outdoor clothing mm-hmm. and things like that, aren't they? Um, he obviously holds them in high regard. Um, are you familiar with Patagonia at all? Is it one that's crossed? I, your... I'm not. I'm more of the the Ben and Jerry's or a B Corp. That's my level. <laughs> Excellent. I'm surprised then that this isn't something that's crossed our radar more often then, because this sounds like something already that, that a company should mm-hmm. be incredibly proud of and displaying. But uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I think it's really tough to get. So I was looking at some of the categories, and you know, it's. It's all about charity work. It's all about having your, you know, board, a mix of, you know, women and, and all of that sort of stuff. So it's pretty hard to get. So Do we know what B Corp actually stands for? I mean, Corp as in corporation. Do we know what the B stands for? The, it's run by a company called B Labs. Oh. So uh, <laughs> something to do with that. Awesome. Well, we'll come back to that one. Um, yeah. Okay, so another one. Uh, let me just see if I can... Uh, this is going to be a little bit difficult for the people who are listening to this. But if I scroll down past James's uh, Twitter feed, I'm looking for some large wind turbines. Um, yeah, he... Um, there it is. Love this little drone footage of Brewdog HQ, James tweeted. The brewery will soon be powered by three wind turbines that you can see in the clip. Um, so yeah, in the clip itself, you see a little drone is flying over the top of the uh, brewery, and then it swings around. And in the distance, there are three humongous wind turbines. And he's, uh, I think this is quite uh, an important one, providing us with two point directly powered by three wind turbines. Now, yeah, the little, very little, I must point out that I know about wind turbines is that you can't just run a cable up to them and plug them in. Uh, because it doesn't work like that. Wind drops and comes and goes all the time. Yeah. I, I always thought that the way um, that you get uh, um, a green energy from wind turbines was that you specifically buy that from the national grid, mm-hmm. which allows them to then buy that from the wind farm suppliers. Yeah. Have I got that right? Because if I have, I'm super pleased. <laughs> well... Yeah, right. So <laughs> there are two that's ways okay. of doing it. So no, you are right. So that's the way a lot of companies do it. And that's called offsetting. Yeah. So um, you get you pay to generate it using wind power and you get the equivalent for free. Right. From the grid. But you can actually plug your uh, wind turbines into your plant, but you need storage. So what happens is the wind turbines, they generate the energy uh, via another piece of kit, and then you store that on your site in uh, batteries, lots of different kinds. Not like not like your Duracell, like kind of big, like in your car, like a car battery. So you would 
store it up, and then draw it off as you need it. Ah, okay. So, you can do it that way. Okay, but wouldn't that, uh, and again, I'm, I'm playing a bit devil's advocate here, wouldn't that then mean they've got to invest thousands and thousands in batteries, which themselves are, you know, rare? I know they're not, the batteries aren't great for the environment. So yeah. is there a point at which it's like putting solar panels on your roof? There's a, there's a point at which they actually mm-hmm. start to pay themselves for themselves, but it's not for many years after you've bought them? Actually, it can be quite quick, but you're right. You do have that heavy upfront investment, but it depends what you want to use them for. So it's going back to what I said earlier. If you want, uh, because the great thing about the batteries is you can move them around, you can use them for whatever. So if you had kind of smaller offsites, you could take your batteries once they're all charged off, move them somewhere else and use them there instead. Okay. You know, it becomes a very uh, flexible source of energy. So you really got to think, what do I want to use that energy for? And then work backwards. Okay, so James wasn't wrong then saying that he's going to get power direct from those wind turbines. He did, well, could I be don't. He could uh, be buying a lot of chemical battery storage, but I think it's most likely offset. Yeah. Okay, that does make a bit more sense. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move on to uh, another one where it gets all technical: anaerobic <laughs> digestion. Now, anaerobic yes. digestion definitely sounds like a condition that I have after a night <laughs> in the heavy stouts. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I promised myself I wasn't going to make that awful joke, and I still went ahead and did it. I'm so sorry, people. This... But it's true, actually. You've got anaerobic digestion going Wait, on inside. Yeah, in your gut. Have I? Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my, my dog's here right now. Has she got anaerobic <laughs> digestion going on? Because I can certainly smell that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so anaerobic digestion, this is a process that is used um, really effectively by water companies. So it's something um, I'm heavily involved in. Um, and by by anyone across the world that wants to treat wastewater. So I'm going to keep this really simple. Um, the After the brewing process is done, you're going to have wastewater that has... Um, kind of food for bacteria in it um, and then you put it into kind of a big tank with anaerobic bacteria so they're the ones that don't use oxygen and from that they're going to produce biogas and um, organic fertilizer oh okay so it's it is a really great thing actually because the the biogas can then go on to be um, turned into energy so Again, this is where I make a fool of myself. Is this in the same way that um, that the yeast, um, which I believe are essentially a bacteria anyway, but the way that yeast uh, take the sugars and turn them into um, carbon dioxide and alcohol, which is very yeah. handy for us. Um, yeah. So, so it's that sort of process on... The, it's, oh, it's very similar. Right, yeah. and we're talking on that sort of level, that, you know, microscopic level. The, the yeah, An anaerobic digester isn't where a big machine comes and some chemicals get tipped over. No, no, and this is what I'm saying. It's the same that happens in your lower gut. So where ah. you don't have oxygen down there, that's yeah. exactly what's happening. Okay, very good. And that's I why, mean, ah. yeah, we all know a bit about kind of biogas production, don't we? <laughs> some more than others. 
yes. but yeah. that's what it is it's just that on a big industrial scale okay so uh, in order to have that then would um i, I, I presume an anaerobic digester uh, is mm-hmm. a huge vat type thing is it are we talking on the scale of the um the kind of uh fermentation vessels that they have up at the brewery just now are we talking bigger or bigger 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 so um if you think i recently went to some in germany and i had to get a lift uh up to the top because they're they're so massive but you can do it you can do it a little scale you can do it a massive scale it's it's just what you need huh okay um, and so, uh, and again, th- this is you speculating with very little information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you feel this is a move? This is something that Brewdog w- would relatively find quite easy to mm-hmm. start to install and maintain and 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 get the well, get the good stuff out of. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to install and maintain. Um, yeah, we we've, we've been doing it for a long time, um, and. I've got to say, uh, the UK isn't the best. Warmer countries do a bit better ah, <laughs> when okay. it comes to anaerobic digestion. So, for example, being better. on the northeast of Scotland, uh, yeah. perhaps in like one of the coldest places <laughs> in the UK, yeah. Yeah, it's not the best. Though it does generate its own um, heat yeah. as part of the process, but it's not as efficient. But it is a really good way to uh, get value from your wastewater and other beer companies i mean heineken do it on a massive scale at all their plants already and then you've got um adnan's brewery down south i think they they've put some in so it's absolutely doable but it's not it's not a, a straightforward plug and play there's a little bit of uh yeah there's quite a lot of maintenance involved it's not like your compost heap in the garden you just (laughs) chuck stuff in Hope for the to best. get to get the best out of it, yeah, it does need um, a bit of playing with. Okay, so the next one on the list, I should stop and just check: is that everything you wanted to say about anaerobic digestion? Um, you did say at the AGM about getting clean water out of the anaerobic digester. Yeah, that's a no. I've got here. Waste water, clean water. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> You can get definitely get pretty clean water out of it. Good enough to um, put back into the environment, which is what water companies do. However, getting it to the point that it is good enough to reuse in beer might not be that economically viable bit that I was talking about. Oh, you right, okay. need a lot of filters and, and things. I'm with you. Okay. But, oh, sorry, I could go on about this all day, but you could use it. For grey, do you know what grey water is? Well, grey water isn't that like um, uh, like storm runoff and things like that. Isn't that grey water? Yeah, grey water is any kind of water that hasn't been got a lot of nasties in it. Yeah. So stuff that's come off your roof potentially, um, even some of your processes in your house um, could count as grey water. So ah, right, I think okay. there is potential they could take the water from the anaerobic digesters and use them for grey water so use them in their bathrooms using them for cleaning trucks all of that sort of stuff where it's not coming into contact with food you know that's potential okay so well what i'm what i'm kind of understanding here now is then not to 
you're not to expect that one day they turn the anaerobic digester on and all of a sudden they're brewing beer with that with that water. No. This is a slow so, process, it's a big process and it, it takes is. yeah, and it's and it's not as often it's okay, so set our expectations a little bit lower than than yeah. any grand ideas, right? Okay. I mean, there was a I was a company in Germany that um did brew beer with uh, water coming out of a wastewater treatment plant. I was very excited by this, and I keep pushing it at work. So um... Excited's one word. <laughs> so you think I'll be good. But, I mean, um... Hold on a minute. Is that what Bud Light's made with? <laughs> I could be. High five. Oh. <laughs> Um, so it is possible but again they had to they didn't get very much uh water out of it because what happened was they got they got the water to the point it could be released to the environment and then they had to do more treatment to it so a few more processes to get it to a good place that they could actually brew beer with it right so i i personally don't think it's going to be economically viable the price of water in scotland is pretty decent yeah so i think you're going to spend a lot more money getting it to a good uh, level times in i've just realized there is no way on this earth <laughs> that james watt will not want to brew a beer with recycled I know. water he will he is. recycle toilet water beer will absolutely oh. be a brew dog thing <laughs> i'll put money on it i know um, It'd be good though. I drink it, but then I'll drink the stuff coming out of our wastewater treatment plants. So I'm pretty uh, <laughs> confident. Suddenly, my my black coffee doesn't look so appetizing. <laughs> um, right, speaking of other waste products, yes, uh, spent, we can. Spent grain. I know this is a big deal. I mean, obviously, yeah, uh, brewed over huge amounts of spent grain. They have a huge amount of spent yeah. hops. Um, I see the trucks going past on our dual carriageway here, or used to before they put the mm-hmm. bypass in, taking that spent grain to, I don't know. Everyone always says it goes into animal feed, whatever that means, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're saying now they, they're going to use um, a local company with bioethane or ethane. Ugh, go for it. <laughs> Fill me in. Yeah, so, so this one is actually what I would call a no-brainer. So... Um, 80% of the byproduct of brewing is spent grain, and that's really high in fiber and protein. So you've got a lot of uh, resource to use there. So what normally happens is it either it does go to animal feed or as fertilizer on land. So what they're suggesting is instead feed it into a biomass boiler and get energy out of it. And this makes complete sense. Um, I mean, my kid's school's got a biomass boiler. So, you know, it, it's standard uh, equipment. Okay, but um, again, here's me being dumb. Spent grain is obviously mm-hmm. you scrape that out of after you've started the brew. Um, it's wet and it's like, I mean, completely sodden through. I mean, if does it need to be dried again? Then it can be done or is it got to be processed somehow? Or... Um, it's fine. Uh, you you do need to put a little bit of energy to start the process. Okay. But since you're creating energy, you're creating a lot more than you're using. That makes sense. Very cool. So, no, I think this is, that's a really good idea because I know a lot of um, small breweries, you know, 
they almost have to pay the farmers to come and get the the grain so if we if we can turn it into energy that's a great one yeah absolutely um okay and one that again we were just quickly nippy through this list before we started recording and you said this one i think the words were excites you which is worrying (laughs) carbon dioxide co2 recovery why on earth would co2 recovery excite you tamsin I'll explain. So, um, as you said earlier, when you in the fermenters, the yeast, which is not a bacteria, but we'll have that conversation. Do you know later. what? Do you know what? I think <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you've said it because as it was coming out my mouth, I was thinking, "You're like no." I'm like, no, that's not right, is it? Because yeast and bacteria are not the same type of thing at all. I mean, no. The, yeah, yeah. I'll shut up right They're now. They're microbes. I'll give you that. Thanks. The small things. um, Tiny. Yeah. So uh, when the the yeast is eating the sugar, it turns it into alcohol and CO2, like you said. So at the moment, well, in a lot of the time, the CO2 is just vented to the atmosphere because um, in small amounts, um, it's not too harmful. So what you can do on a large scale is take that CO2, turn it from gas to liquid and then put it into your beer because it's come from a food it can go to a food it, it, it's a good process okay so um again let me ask a dumb question here my my lovely local pub the world famous newton arms you know yeah. you see the co2 canisters there that mm-hmm. uh, power the system as well as put carbonation into the beer just because it's as it's leaving the kegs as i understand it are you going to correct me if I got that one wrong now? Is that? No, no, but, no. no I th- but I think that's what happens. But the CO2 that's coming off the brewing process mm-hmm. is exactly the same there. It, 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 it is. It doesn't need a lot of work to make it. Like it's not that's CO2 okay, with yeah. other bits in. Right. Okay. You just have to liquefy it. And I think one of the reasons I'm really excited about this is, do you remember a couple of years ago there was a CO2 shortage? Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. So... This is a, we're talking about sustainability. This is great because it's something that is being produced as part of the process, would normally get wasted. If you reuse it, you don't have to buy any in from anybody else. You're not relying on another supplier. So that's a really good thing. I don't suppose you'd know, like, I'm putting you on the spa bit here. (laughs) I mean, could, could a fermentation vessel that's got punk in it for three weeks could that produce enough CO2 for the, all the requirements of all the English bars for a week? Or are we talking? Uh, uh, you're shaking I, your head. I bet you no. don't know. I'm going to say no. I think a lot of the time, and this counts for a lot of these sustainability um, kind of processes, they really only produce enough for your own needs. Ah, right. Okay. They're not actually going to produce tons and tons that you can sell on it, they will sometimes but a lot of the time the goal is to make enough to meet your own needs and then if you do any more that's a bonus but. So, so if they could for example get to the point where all the co2 the in the scottish bars that they were using um on a week in week out basis was coming mm-hmm. from head office being you know in effect recycled that mm-hmm. would be that would be an achievable goal then it's probably because there's going to be more equipment to can it and things. I think you're looking at direct CO2 application at the uh, breweries. All oh, right, okay. So where they're putting it into cans and things, yeah, that is going to be better than trying to bottle it and ship it and all of that. 
stuff. All right, okay. That's and that's what they meant by when they mentioned self sufficiency on that one. I think Got so, it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, two more quick things. Uh, they're saying they're going to be carbon neutral. Um, yeah. a, a lot of companies say this. A lot of people yeah. go, well, yeah, anyone could be carbon neutral if you buy enough. Uh, what they call the credits. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. So carbon offsetting. Thank you. Um, you did say. Yeah. So. That is. But offsetting your carbon is better than doing nothing. Yeah. But it's not better than not producing the emissions in the first place. Yeah. Because it, it's not it's not a perfect system with what you're buying in and things like that. So being carbon neutral is really about getting your emissions as low as possible. So what I was saying there about the CO2, if normally you would vent that, if you can reuse it, well, that's that's emissions you've saved already. You're you're racking down that carbon footprint. Got it. So, I mean, Breedog can be carbon neutral. I mean, they could do it right now if they had the money um, by buying yeah. offsets. But they obviously want to do it properly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the last one they had on the list was, and this was more. They just said probably we could be one of the world's best for water efficiency. Right back in your <laughs> wheelhouse, I imagine. Um, yeah. Again, do you think they could be one of the world's best brewers for water efficiency? Um. Yeah, I think they definitely could. Water efficiency, as you imagine, is again a tricky subject because it's it's about not wasting any water. It's and water gets wasted in ways you wouldn't even imagine, like in leakage. Yeah. So normally about ten percent of your water gets wasted through just pipe fittings not not being exactly right and things like that. So you can be really efficient with your water. And that's where I think that those grey water schemes that I was talking about yeah. would really go a, a, a big distance for that. Cool. And of course, you know, nice thing about our breweries, they've got um you know running pipes in and you know you're not having to dig up walls and and Mm -hmm. it's not major infrastructure work because that's exactly what a brewery is designed for after all so yeah yeah but if you think about if you've ever been on tours and you've seen them cleaning down yeah so i mean i've almost been in wellies sometimes because there's so much water needed to like clean out the vats and things yeah so it's all of that sort of stuff you've got to think about yeah Fair enough. Um, there was one other thing. Um, I um, We're on James's Twitter feed here, so if we just have a little scroll through. Uh, this one was just on the other day. In fact, it was just yesterday, wasn't it, of course? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here's what uh, I'll just I'll read this out just for the audio listeners. Really excited that BrewDog will soon be working with the brilliant professor Mike Berners-Lee. Mike will be our key advisor on maximizing the positive impact of some of the big upcoming sustainability projects as part of our push for a better world, hashtag Brewdog tomorrow. And then in the picture here, there's a, a photo of uh, a couple of Mike's books. One's called How Bad Are Bananas? And the other one is There's No mm-hmm. Planet B. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on this one then? Is this, uh, I would imagine this is a name that's crossed your... Um, yeah, so he's an expert on carbon footprints. So that whole idea about emissions and, and getting your, your footprint on the world and your... Uh, kind of one planet um so that's what we talk about we talk about one planet and one planet use at the moment um we're sitting about three planets so we use three planets worth of resources 
and but we've only got one planet so um so i think that's what that that's probably what there is no planet b is about really um so yeah he's an expert in in that area and then how about your bananas so i was talking about the soya it's it's not a a straightforward situation all right okay so um yeah so um is this exciting then that uh, mike berners lee is going to be involved Absolutely. What you know, his consultancy has worked with companies all around the world. So I can't wait to see how how things develop yeah. <laughs> with his advice. Cool. Well, I mean, we did start this off uh, before again before we hit record. I said, look, there's tons of questions, and I know we don't really have any answers. Um, it's very brew doggy thing to do is to announce something at the AGM and then you kind of don't really hear any of the detail which is the detail sometimes that we really crave until many many months later um but yeah I, I, I certainly feel that in the last what 20 minutes or so that uh, you've massively helped me understand what all this is about massively understand the complexities of it yeah and uh, I think I'm realizing now that this definitely isn't just a marketing ploy because that's definitely been leveled at BrewDog on this one. No, no. And it's um, for me, it's really interesting. So all the things I've talked about tonight are about generating energy. And I, you can't, as I said at the beginning, you can't go after everything. And also, what are they going to do with all this energy? Um, you know, it's almost start with the end in mind. So you identify all these processes that can generate energy. What is the best use for that energy? And then what is the cheapest, most efficient to produce? There's no have there's no point having like four different processes or producing energy. So Yeah. Pick pick a couple and really go for it. Yeah, fair enough. Um Tamsin, it is definitely beer time. <laughs> that crowler in your fridge full of delicious oh, booze is not gonna drink. Coco Wonderland it is. Uh, okay, I'm very much looking forward to it. Is that a brew dog one, no? No, it's a Thornbridge um, oh. local that they've got. What a lot. Well, I hope I haven't confused you too much. Not at all. You've made things a lot clearer for me. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure as this goes on, there'll be much more coming out. And um, Big Cross Fingers will get you in front of James at some point. Um, and because you'd be a damn sight better at interviewing him on this subject than I would. Because <laughs> all I want to do is talk about toilet water, of course. So, you know. No, our toilet beer. That toilet I think beer. we should totally do that. And then... And then announce it on the show. Yeah. Um, please please put in the comments on this podcast <laughs> suggestions for the name. It's good. And yeah, and don't just put, yeah, taking the piss. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Uh, Tamsin, thank you so much for your time this evening. I uh, really appreciate it. And always good to have you on the podcast. And we'll be catching up with you very soon. Great. See you later. Bye bye. So thank you very much to me and Tamsin for that there. So as you heard, loads of unanswered questions. Uh, we recorded that about two weeks ago now. Since then, Martin Dickey was on a podcast, the Beer Lovers podcast. It's an Austrian podcast, uh, but it's all in English, don't worry. And they've done a video version. I dropped them a message and said, oh, Martin said some really interesting stuff on that podcast about the sustainability initiatives. In fact, it actually answered some of the very questions that we raised when we recorded that. Uh, asked them if it was okay to use it and they said of course it's absolutely fine so huge shout out to the team at beer lovers because that was 
unexpectedly kind of them. I really expected them to go, ah, you can just use a little clip. They've let us use a good chunk of it. Uh, it's a full two-hour interview, but don't worry, I've just cut out the bits that's relevant just now. I encourage you to go and watch it. The link is in the show notes or the comments. Have a look. You'll find that there. Uh, Martin is really open and honest, and uh, he does get quite a few beers in him, which is good to see. Anyway, uh, here's Martin. Oh, almost forgot our competition is running right now you can win a shed load of beer right now all you need to do is check the comment and link below and you will find all the details on the video that's already been out explaining exactly how you can win very straightforward make a donation to charity you get entered into the raffle details below right me and martin me and martin it's not me and martin here you go. Switching with a translation, I would say hello, Martin. Nice to have you on board for this tasting tonight, and welcome on the Beer Lovers Channel. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, recently, you have been very busy transforming the brewery in Scotland into one of the most environmental friendly breweries in the world. Is this project already done or is there still something you have to improve or what you recently changed to get the most environmental brewery yeah, yeah. so so it's a it's a great great question so I, I you know as a business when when james and myself moved out from the the brewery in uh razorborough so well uh, late 2012 we, we left the brewery in Fraserburgh. But it was it was that thing of um, you know, I, I don't know when you were a, a a youngster, Marcus. What what posters you had on your wall? Um, maybe the yeah yeah. So maybe I don't know the the football team or the uh, it was a football team and it's still bigger. yeah it's a football team. It's a local football team. It's called Rapid Vienna. When uh, when. I, when, when, when we started the brewery in, in, in Fraserburgh, it's like, you know, what, what, what was on my wall? And, and on my wall, it was, I wanted to have a, a five-vessel, fully automatic brewing system. Um, and, and I wanted it to be, like, super environmentally friendly. And, and, you know, when you start a brewery, it's it's not an environmentally friendly thing. You know, brewing, brewing in general is, is inherently uh, energy-intensive and water uh, a heavy water user, especially water. Yeah. Especially water. So, um, you know, fr from a start, it's 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 that it's a dream and it's an aspiration. But you know, as you grow, and 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 where we've been lucky in that we had the Equity for Punk investors with us over the years, we, we've been able to invest very wisely. I think in in some of the best brewing equipment that's that's around. Um, and, and we've continued to do that as we've grown the business. But, you know, we've been tracking our, our metrics for a few years now. And, and, you know, we fare in the top probably 5%, less than 5% of what good is in terms of brewing efficiency, in terms of our, our water usage, in terms of our electricity usage, in terms of our gas usage, in terms of our, you know, chemical usage. We're really good, but um, you know, really good 
now you know you're sitting in a forest behind you. Re you know, really good isn't good it's my enough. Living room. It's in my living room. It's always there. It's always there. <laughs> um, but you know, it's 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 that that great reminder of okay, well, you're in an industry which is inherent inher inherently energy intensive. So what are you doing about it? You know, it's not that you can't do anything about it. If you really want to, you can do something about it. So we worked hard on on the basics of energy efficiency through our system. But now it's really taken the next step, and that's what the sort of brew dog tomorrow is all about. Is you know we we want to make sure that we're leaving as little impact, if any impact, on the earth at all. Uh, and that means trying to really think smart now and work with with clever people and collaborate where we can to make sure that that we're you know a, a carbon zero uh, company. And and that you know the few key things that we're working on immediately, especially in Ellen as our biggest facility. So this year, you know, we, we'll do I don't know six hundred thousand, six hundred fifty thousand hectoliters of beer from this facility. So it's it's a lot of beer. Um, so we really need to, to sort as best we can the, the energy characteristics. So that's where I've been working super hard over the last period, and, and an ongoing thing now is is really you know what that timeline is to to carbon neutrality or, or, you know, ideally better than carbon neutrality, but that's super hard to do. Um, but we've got some great things in the pipeline now. So there's three, you know, three wind turbines that are, are literally two and a half kilometers from the brewery. So we will connect directly to them uh, to give us the majority of the electrical requirement we need. And then the beauty of that is it's a direct connection. So it's not going back into a system which is inherently, again, inefficient and loses a lot of power across the whole network. It's taking it directly two kilometers with a big cable into the into the place that's using the energy, which is great. And the bigger one, which we're working on at the moment as well, is, um, I mean, this one will take, you know, this is the, the one that needs to be done by 2022, is the anaerobic digester part on the back end of our facility. So it's taking all our wastewater from our facility, which at the moment is is spread to land. So, it, it, you know, it's not causing any damage. It's, it gives a, a general agricultural benefit to farmers, but it uses a lot of traffic to do that. You know, you're talking um, roughly 3,000 uh, truckloads a year uh, coming off the site to go to local farmers who then spread it on their land. So the best thing that we can do is, is tie in an anaerobic digester on the back of our site uh, where we're able to generate, you know, it slowly sort of decomposes it, generates biogas. That biogas is then taken out from the biogas. It can be cleaned uh, and then you get CO2 off that and uh, biomethane. The biomethane can be injected back into the uh, gas grid. The CO2 we can reuse in the plant. The green gas that's used we can use in our um, steam boilers. Uh, so it's a really cool one. And also on the back end of the whole process, the water that comes out the back, we can clean up enough to reuse in our process as well. So we can totally reduce our, our water consumption and, and not a complete circular loop, but you know, you're taking the majority back into yeah. your own. So it's like super cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a huge project and one it's just, it's, it's kind of six months underway at the moment It's you know, next phase will be planning permission and getting all the boxes ticked, etc. But it's, it's a really cool one. So we're, we're very excited about that. But if all these things, uh, happen, then 
yeah, by the end of, of 20, uh, 2022, then we should be in a, in a very strong position. And and we feel really strongly that it should be a short time frame. You know, a lot of businesses are saying, well, by the end of 2030 or the end of 2035, we'll be reduce our carbon footprint 50%. I mean, that's bollocks. If anyone really wants to do something, they can do it. And you just have to set yourself really hard time frames on it and, and push yourself to achieve it. So, yeah, that's a big thing for us as a company. So that, that'll be the main driver from Ellen. But, you know, likewise, we'll want to do similar things in Germany and America and Australia. Um, where we have much, much smaller scale breweries, but, you know, we want to make sure that all these things are, are in to do that as well. And solar, you know, solar will work a lot better in Brisbane than it does in Scotland. <laughs> cool. Okay. You know, we're, we're, we're so indebted for everyone for... for drinking our beer for investing in our company. I'm sure there are a few EFPs out there uh, tonight, hopefully. And, uh, you know, everything we've achieved has been through that, I don't know, you could call it ridiculous belief in, in these two Muppets from Fraserburgh that they might be able to do something good. But, you know, the team that we've assembled now are, are showing that, you know, not only can we do um, great things in beer, but in great things in business as well in terms of that sustainability piece. And, and really hopefully be a shining light in terms of how good business can be done going forward. And that's, you know, minimizing um, how far beer travels. It's minimizing the amount of energy that goes into beer, the amount of water that's used in beer and making sure it's, you know, drunk as fresh as possible and stored cold through that whole journey. And that's, that's the key. You know, if, if, if you don't enjoy your beer experience at the end of the day, then it's kind of pointless. So, you know, we do all we can, you know, you do all you can, Marcus, and bringing people that, fantastic experience hopefully at the end of the day so yeah all i can say hope to see you soon somewhere in Ellen or who knows yeah. where and stay safe stay healthy and thanks martin yeah Thank you. have a good evening have a have Bye. a great evening and yeah look after yourselves and we'll see you at some point for a for a beer in person for sure okay bye-bye cheers bye martin and thank you so much again to the team at Beer Lovers for letting us reproduce that video. Go and check out their podcast, especially if, unlike me, you can actually speak a word of German. So that's great. Uh, also, thank you very much there to, to Martin for explaining a few of those things. And it did answer that question that I specifically had. They are running a cable directly from the wind farm down to the brewery. So really fascinated to see how that works out for them as well uh, and lots of other cool stuff there so um yeah just a reminder again we've got that competition running right now again links below in the comments or in the show notes uh, i'm going to be back with the entire squad for a full update we've already got some cool stuff we've recorded for you so um yep please do send us a message studio at brewdognewspodcast.com or pretty much brewdognewspodcast on any of our social platforms if you've got something you want us to see if you've got something you want us to talk about plenty of people have done that recently after we asked last time so it is fantastic to know there are actually people watching and listening so yeah take it easy everyone have a great couple of weeks drink good beer stay healthy stay safe 